Welcome to the Public Storyteller. My name is Michael Stock with Dr. Karen Neal. Karen is a professional storyteller and teaches at Florida Atlantic University. Hi, Karen. Hello, Michael. What story do you have today? Here's one from Arthur Sonnenblick. When I was in my 40s, early 40s, uh, I lived in Westchester County, New York, and I was a member of Old Oaks Country Club, and I was a tennis player. My partner was a uh, friend of mine by the name of Donald, who had had a uh, heart attack when he was 39, and now we were playing tennis in our early 40s in the hot sun during the summer, and I always worried what would happen if Donald had a heart attack in the middle of our tennis game, what would I do? So I decided that I would take a course in CPR. And I went and uh, took the CPR course and actually got very proficient at it. Fortunately, Donald Evers had his heart attack and we kept playing tennis. About five years later, I was in playing golf with my son, Stephen, at the Ral Country Club here in Miami. And on one of the tees, we noticed that there was a group of people wandering around nearby. And I looked and I said to my son, Stephen, let's go take a look and see what's going on over there. So we drove our cart over to the group and we noticed that there was a golf cart driven into a bush with a man resting in the golf cart, not moving. I walked over to him. I noticed that he was still unconscious. I turned and asked where his foursome was, and it turned out it was his wife and another couple, and I asked the other man who was with that group to uh, help me take them out of the golf cart and put him on the ground. So we did so, and I looked and I noticed that he wasn't breathing. So I asked his wife if he had anything in his mouth because I decided I was going to perform CPR. She told me there was nothing in his mouth. I told uh, one of the gentlemen who was there to take his wife to the clubhouse away from me and to call for uh, the emergency service uh, to send out an ambulance. I then looked and I checked to see if he was breathing, which he wasn't. So I started the uh, CPR program. That is, in those days, it was uh, five presses on the chest and five uh, breaths into the mouth while holding the nose. And I performed that for about uh, five or 10 minutes when someone came along, a doctor, and asked if he could help. And I said to him, yeah, what do you want? You want the chest or the mouth? He chose the chest. So we continued working on this this gentleman. And shortly thereafter, the doctor looked at me and said, Arthur, this man is the best looking corpse I've ever seen. I think we can stop. I told him that the procedure was we had to keep going until the emergency services arrived. He agreed and we did so. As soon as they came, the emergency people showed up. Uh, I stepped away. They took over and I uh, went 
to get away from this because I didn't want to be a part of anything that went beyond uh, what I had done. Since I'd been doing it for about 20 minutes total, I was tired and I told my son, Stephen, that I didn't want to play any more golf and I uh, suggested we go into the clubhouse and get a drink. When we got there, we're sitting down and having a Coke and my son looks at me and he says, why did you do this? Why, why did you take that over? Why, why was it you that went over there and well, everybody else was just standing around wondering what to do, you took over. And I said, well, it was like an automatic. I was taught to do what you had to do for CPR and the situation was perfect for performing it and I just automatically did it without thinking why. It was something that I was going to do just because I was taught to do it. And my son looked at me and he said, Dad, have you ever done it before? I said, no, never before. And he says, well, you're all for one. Author Sonnenblick with a story about taking charge. Michael, this is one of those stories that gives me faith in humanity. Because he took charge? Because he wanted to save his friend's life in case there was any problem, which there wasn't. But he took that CPR course just in case. And then he ended up using it on a stranger. And even though it didn't work, to me, he's still a hero. Yeah, that's very sad. It didn't work. And I would think it's kind of traumatic as well. But I so admire Arthur for for going in there and administering CPR and and not just watching like everybody else. And there was a funny part of that story, too, by the way. I don't know if you caught it, but I was trained in CPR, too. I never did it. But I uh, love the part where he says to the doctor, do you want the mouth or do you want the chest? Because indeed, even though he and he says this, even though today, for all kinds of reasons, you don't put give mouth to mouth resuscitation. When I was trained, you did. And that is kind of um, off-putting as when somebody may be dead. Very off-putting. And I was surprised. I mean, I don't know if I was surprised, but he was trained to keep on going, giving CPR till emergency help arrived, and the doctor was there, said you could stop, but he kept on wanting to save that man's life. Yes, and that is the rule. The doctor had uh, more knowledge about what makes a corpse, clearly, than Arthur did, but Arthur was absolutely right. You keep trying. I was rooting for him. I wanted to hear the end of the story as the doctor said he was dead, but I was so sure I kept going and then he jumped up, but it wasn't to be. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's a sad ending to a, a hero, heroic story. And, you know, it's, it's so good that he took over, that he wanted to save that man's life. And that automatic reflex, when his son says, why did you take over? And he says, you know, I didn't even think about it. It was automatic. I have been in that situation and I was afraid. I was trained, but I was afraid. And I love, I so love the fact that he didn't even think about it. He just went for it. And this was a stranger and he just went for it. 
But I don't want you to think, Michael, mm -hmm. that I was so afraid that I never helped anybody. I did do the Heimlich maneuver on two different people. Absolutely effectively. Congratulations. I, I have new admiration for you, Karen. I, I don't know how I would react if I was in that situation. There's something about the Heimlich maneuver that is so much easier <laughs> than when you're, you, you don't know what to do when this person is unconscious. I, I found it much easier. I, then I went into automatic. When somebody's gagging in front of me, I can take over. Well, thanks for bringing that story in, Karen. If our listeners have a story they would like to share, how can they get in touch with you? Send an email to cneil, that's C-N-E-I-L-E, at fau.edu. No need to send a summary. I will send you very simple instructions, and you can do this at home. Well, thank you for helping that person choking, and thank you for bringing in that story. Dr. Karen Neal is a professional storyteller and teaches at Florida Atlantic University. My name is Michael Stock. The Public Storyteller returns next Sunday. Thank you.